بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد اللهم الهمنا مراشد امورنا واعذنا من شرور انفسنا which is a surah that we all know we learned and the reason why we translate it in these programs is that many a person never understood that whatever advice we want whatever tasalli we want whatever courage we want whatever answers we want everything we found in our quran the only reason is because we were hit at one area where we never knew the language of quran that was the one place where that amount that we could have taken benefit from every recitation of quran we just found that one barrier but the miracle of quran itself is such that even that person who doesn't know the meaning whoever listened to quran amazing quran's miracle is such that when the shayatini world saw that who are the targets when they wanted to break the khilafat the muslim khilafat they looked around the world where will the targets be in which which lands we have to worry about that if the khilafat comes down it must not come up anywhere else after that and what a job they did of looking where will you find a rise again of islam you'll find it in the land of quran so they ensured that when turkey will come down the land of the khilafat egypt had to be looked after So Egypt had its own regime of evil. They were not allowed to come up at all. Syria had to be looked after. Iraq had to be looked after. At that time, Saddam Hussein, we normally now say rahimahumullah, he ended on a very good note. But his beginning was not good at all. During the beginning he was dazed fully. And after that first Gulf War, he turned completely the opposite. So where the world will say it was a war He passed away smiling, Saddam Hussein. He was the one leader who, when they wanted to kill him, assassinate him, he was able to smile before he died, because his end came well. He realized who his real friends are. He realized who his enemies are. But once upon a time, he was theirs. They had Iraq under their control, Iran under their control. Although Iran always made noise, we'll do this, we'll do this. From the beginning, we knew they'll never do anything. It was just a voice like a dog bark. Iran was theirs, Iraq was theirs, Egypt was theirs, Saudi was theirs from the beginning. All these countries agreed that when the khilafat will fall, there will never be an effort to revive the khilafat. The talks of the khilafat won't take place. Think about it, me and you when we grew up, we never heard this word khilafat. Whereas once upon a time this was the only word heard in the whole Muslim world when sahaba radiyallahu anhu heard a time will come when there will be no khilafat they were like surprised meaning if there's no khilafat how can there be islam and they asked then then like islam will be wiped out allah's nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said then allah will reestablish it when he wants to suddenly suddenly it will come up and we waiting for the day where suddenly it does come and it's going to happen but so much effort they made so they looked at every country in the world where the people spoke the arabic language 
Because that was the country that you're going to expect a revolution from. That was the country. And those places where the language of Quran was not the language of the tongue, they were like overlooked. Because revolutions can't take place from these countries. They don't even know the Quran. Miracle of Quran. For the protection of Islam, Allah used everyone in the world. And Islam gave every country a chance to look after it. When you look on the map throughout the history of 1400 years, you will find saviors of the Islamic spirit. They came from around the world. Places far away where you would never have thought those were the people who stood up. But when the Khilafat fell amongst those countries that had a shan, that really played a huge impact in preserving a religion which the West and the shaitani empire thought now is finished. Allah in Ishan used those countries who never have the Quran on their tongue. Meaning who never understood it. We speak about Pakistan, we speak about India. And from there Allah created such a revolution. Perhaps because we never lived in those countries. We never saw Pakistan and you tell someone Pakistan, is that what Pakistan did? Say India, you said what they did. But Allah in Ishan took such work from those countries, although Quran was not their tongue. When this Afghanistan thing opened up and this Taliban group came, and the whole world was looking at them in shock, like where they came from. And the superpower of the world went running. Amongst the Indian leaders, one sentence that he said was very striking. He said, the Taliban, it's got a mother and a father. He said, it. he said, it's got a mother and a father. He was very upset. He said, its mother is Darulum Dioband. And its father is Tablih Jamaat. He said, close the Jamaat down. I told you all from before. He said, close the Madaris down. And both of them said, no, no, we don't know nothing about Taliban. But whoever was inside would know that Allah used that land of Pakistan and many of the Taliban leaders today, Allah gave them the chance to study their deen either directly from the ulama of Pakistan or indirectly. But it was a country that never have the Arabic on the tongue. It was a country they never thought would be instrumental in one day raising up the flag of Islam. But the work of Tabligh then spread in the world from there. The Arabs took it, the African took it, the European took it, everyone took it. Because there's no religion, there's no race in this religion. Allah gave everyone a chance to do His share. But it was amazing where their eye would never have fallen. A group who doesn't know Quran, it's not their tongue. They don't even know what it means. They can read it, but they don't know. So we always had that one problem. But the miracle of Quran, even with that problem, it allowed at the present moment in South Africa, Allah's kindness came on this country. You perhaps will not understand it. We in the madrasa, one day one person came, he looked around, he made a unique observation. He said, in your madrasa, I am seeing students from around the world. He said, if I have to call this a merkaz of Islam for the world, you might say I'm exaggerating. He said, I see the whole world here. That where I would have ever thought people from the world will come to South Africa to study.
I mean, what South Africa? We don't have it on our tongue also. Then Allah wants to. Allah can do anything. However, we got that one problem that we still don't know the language. Make an effort. Whether you're old and especially on the young. The old person will always be unnatural. The young person will be natural. To somehow get some understanding of the Arabic language. You will find your Quran is enjoyable. It is your protection from atheism. It is your protection from filth and dirt. It is protection from a new education system that the entire world will soon see. Whatever they want to teach a child, even the parent will feel shy or will not know how to answer the boy. But when he reads Quran, he'll get all his answers. Miracle of Quran. I will give you one example of a surah. We heard the surah, we memorized the surah. In this last one and a half years, two years, you people saw a lot of difficulty. Many people in the world saw difficulty because of covid and then because of the looting, the people of Natal, they saw like double. Allah's Nabi Wasallam went through one year, it was called the year of grief. Year of grief. Where he lost not one, but his most beloved two he lost. Abu Talib was his most beloved uncle. And Khadija radiallahu anha was the, it was the only at that time, but even at the end, it was the most beloved wife. On her demise, his Two neighbors were the worst enemies he had. As long as Khadija radiallahu anha was in the house, she was a very strong woman, strong-minded, strong woman, strong family. She sacrificed whatever she had for the Nabi of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Everything. She was that wife whose salam came from the heavens. A salam came from the heavens. Jibrail alayhi salam said, and Allah sends salams to Khadija, radiallahu anha. And glad tidings to her of what she'll get in paradise. She gave everything. Everything. When she passed away, Rasulullah found a lot of hardship. One is your beloved wife passed away. Normally you think your neighbors will come and say, don't worry, now all the problems started. All. Now you would come home, when you would come home, the door would be dirty. They would take filth and dirt and put it on the door. So you put your hand on the door to open it, it's dark, you feel dirt on your hand. They would put a lot of thorns right there by the door, so the shoes were such that it doesn't cover your whole leg. The thorn would prick. He would enter into the house, there would be blood on his leg, there would be dirt on his hands. There would be food in the pot, which he had prepared and it was still there. He would go to get it ready, they would not have like me and you three meals a day. This was the meal now. Now we will sit down and eat whatever we eat and then we pull again for the whole day. He would just get the food ready as he's getting it ready for his children. He would find that there's all dirt of animals in that. The neighbors would come. They would cut an animal, the filth and the dirt of the animal. They would drop it in the pot. And then he would see that whole pot had to be thrown out. Then at night he had to clean the pot. It was nothing easy. The year of grief was called a year of grief. What a Nabi we had, that even difficulty, he walked the path of difficulty, so that his ummah who will come after, when difficulty will come, they will say, how can I complain when my Nabi is also going through difficulty? When Medina Munawwara, the masjid was being built, 
Nabi Wasallam went and he lifted up those bricks, those logs. One sahabi read a unique poem. He said, how can we sit when the Nabi of Allah is walking? They needed to sit, meaning you work, 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 you get tired. And normally a worker gets tired, then you rest for a while. So they rested. And then he read this poem. Because Nabi Wasallam was not resting. The masjid had to come up. So he read this poem, if we are sitting and I see the Nabi of Allah moving, everyone stood up. Ever tiredness was coming, the battle of trench, the Sahaba radiallahu anh, said we were going through extreme hunger because we had a few days to build that very long trench. It was a miracle they put it up. There was no time to even think of going for Istinja. They had no food and there was no time to think of eating. Now that hunger grabbed them, when you get extremely hungry, it gets hot. You can die of that heat. They would put a stone here, it would be cool, it would keep the stomach cool. And it would prevent the bend. Extreme hunger will make you bend. They tied one stone here. A sahabi radiallahu anh, says, I wanted to go and complain to Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam by just showing him the stone on my belly. Said, as I came close, I saw Rasulullah sallallahu had two stones. He had tied two because his body was bending. Said, I saw that and I just kept quiet. He walked a path of difficulty, so whoever will come after, when difficulty will come, he will see his Nabi in front. And he will say, if difficulty was a punishment, Allah would never have given it to his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa then he will look at the face of Rasulullah in difficulty. So he came out. He said, I cannot remain in Makkah, Mukarramah any longer. His mind went to the people of Taif because they were known as the most generous. Anyone who asked, they gave. Anyone who asked, they could never say no. Arabs had that. They could never say no. But the people of Taif were even more than that. They couldn't say no. The Arabs of the Quraysh of Makkah, Mukarramah would go to Taif for like their vacations. It was the very beautiful land compared to Makkah, Mukarramah. It was lush. So they had their bungalows. They were the wealthy people of the land and they were the strongest after the Quraysh. It came in the thought of Rasulullah wasallam. This group never says no. And amongst them there's this one family they have never ever said no. So I will go and speak to them. All three are intelligent. They listen well. They'll give me a hearing. The complete opposite happened. All three gave evil answers, rude answers, mocking answers. Allah's Nabi wasallam leaving. He said, I will leave. No problem. He said, I ask you that my coming here is a trust. Don't tell everyone I came here. And they made sure they send a message to Makkah Mukarramah to make it even more like and he came looking for help. We also kicked him out. So the Quraysh were laughing there. And then they gathered the young boys on the road. They paid them. Ruffians you call them. And they said as he's going out, pelt him, chase him. That he must never come back. One sahabi radiallahu anhu is with Rasulullah sallallahu He's so small. He says, I'm moving around the Nabi of Allah. So that whenever they're throwing something, I'm saying it hit, must hit me, must hit me. I'm getting knocked. The Rasul of Allah is getting knocked. He says, Nabi Sallallahu fell down. He said, I'm pulling him, dragging him, dragging him. I brought him under a tree. He was unconscious like. 
There was blood everywhere. The year of grief. The year of grief. Nabi ﷺ gained his consciousness, then he made this dua. The dua comes, Imam Bukhari narrated this dua. It's a dua for the people who see difficulty. This was the difficult of difficult. In the dua, the main part of this dua is, إِلَّمْ تَكُنْ سَاخِطًا Allah, if you are not angry with me. Beginning before that, he said, Allah, who have you made in charge of my matters? Who have you made? Have you handed me over to someone so far that he got no feelings for me? That he just wants to be behind me and attack me and mock me? Have you put me in the hands of an enemy? Is he in charge of me? And then he said, Allah, but as long as I know you're not angry with me, فَلَا أُبَالِي Then I am also okay. غَيْرَ أَنَّ عَافِيَتَكَ أَوْسَعُ لِي He says, yes Allah, عَافِيَتْ meaning my deen and my dunya must be looked after. That will be the best. وَلَكَ الْعُتْبَى حَتَّى تَرْضَى then he said, and I will continue trying to please you, O Allah, until you are pleased. وَلَا حَوْلَ وَلَا قُوَّةَ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ But from my side, I got no power. وَلَكَ الْعُتْبَى حَتَّى تَرْضَى Jibreel alayhi salam came down. He said, Allah has sent an angel today who has never seen earth. The skies have opened up for that angel. The angel says, the two mountains on the sides of Taif, I have been ordered to just bang it. What a dua you made. That dua opened up the future of the world. But which dua? A dua that comes after difficulty. Ibrahim salam was told to leave Ismail salam. He waited so many years for Ismail salam. He was a man who wants a child, but no child is coming. At the age of 90, when you get the news, you're getting a child. The age of 90. Soon as the child is born, the command is taken that now take them, take them. He's following Jibreel alayhi salam. We're going to leave them somewhere. Sham is far, Makkah Mukarramah is very far. The poet says, in Urdu he said it, but in English translation, he said they reached a land where even perhaps death was scared to put its foot. Meaning Makkah Mukarramah had nothing. If you understand the history of Makkah Mukarramah, there was one road which hardly travelers would take, but there was a road. Ibrahim alayhi salam on that road is trying to stop. Like, what about here? Because there's water nearby. And Jibrail alayhi salam will say, carry on. He'll say, what about here? He'll say, carry on. And then they go off the road. Now they're going behind a mountain so that even if a caravan comes, which hardly would go on this road, they would not see the mother of Ismail alayhi salam and Ismail alayhi salam. Then they reached there. What an exam. You waited so many years for a child. What an exam. Today me and you know the end of the story. So say, if I was there, I would have told him, don't worry, it'll be okay. But he never have us to tell him. But the future always will tell the person the past was worth it. The future has always told the world the past was worth it. So he said, Jibreel Islam said, yeah. Ibrahim Islam left them, little bit water, little bit dates, and he turns around. 
And she says, oh my master, where are you leaving me? And he can't talk also. Can't talk. You try and put yourself in that position and as he's walking, he doesn't know whether they will survive or whether they won't survive. He doesn't know the future. But when he reaches the mountain, he taught the world a lesson and Allah taught the world through him a lesson. وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ Allah says, remember when Ibrahim made his dua. وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ Remember when he made his dua. Meaning what? He never made his dua when everything was going well. He made his dua when the exam was tough. That is the time you are the closest to Almighty Allah. You all had a year of grief. Perhaps some of you all are still grieving. Grief will go away, but the opportunity of dua will never come back like this. You grab it like how Ibrahim a.s. grabbed it. وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ رَبِّ جْعَلْ هَذَا بَلَدًا آمِنًا He said, Allah, I'm going to ask you now for big things. He said, I'm not saying my family must be safe. I'm going to say, make this a city of safety. رَبِّ جْعَلْ هَذَا بَلَدًا آمِنًا There was no city there. There was no safety there. There was no water there. There was no Kaaba there. There was nothing but death there. But during difficulty, you can make those du'as that can prepare the way for your entire future. وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ رَبِّ جْعَلْ هَذَا بَلَدًا آمِنًا Make it a city of safety. وَرْزُقَهَ لَهُ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ Allah, this is a barren area, desert. In a desert, fruits do not grow. He said, I'm going to ask you for big things. Allah, bring the fruits of the world here. وَرْزُقَهَ لَهُ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ and when me and you go to the land of Makkah Mukarramah today, not today, in the past, today we say everywhere everything goes. Makkah Mukarramah, dua of Ibrahim alayhi salam, and the whole thing changed. During difficulty, grab, because it doesn't last long, but it was difficulty that opened up the heavens and brought the angel down. It was the dua of Taif that opened up. They say immediately after leaving Taif, Every year Rasulullah sallallahu during the days of Hajj would go to the Arab groups during the three months of Hajj looking for one group to accept him. Some of them even said, are you not shy? Last year you came, the year before you came, the year before you came. Taif, difficulty, the year of grief. Immediately after Taif, the next Hajj, Rasulullah sallallahu sits by a group the one nudges the other and he says, the Jews of our land spoke about this man. Why don't we grab him before anyone grabs and he puts his hand. And he says, oh Allah's Nabi, I read Kalima. Medina Munawwara started with the dua of Taif. The future of our people will start with difficulty. If you have seen the year of grief, you don't grieve about it. But you grab the opportunity for dua. Because the cries and the cheers will dry up, but you rather water the garden of tomorrow. Things will always happen in this world, but grab it because the future is always bright. وَالْبُحَى وَالْلَيْلِ إِذَا سَجَى 
Allah Tawarukta speaks about by the oath of duha. Duha means when everything is bright. Everything is going how I and you want it. The business is giving its. The house is giving. The country is giving. My body is giving. Everything is working. What duha? I hear about someone in one country. I say, Inna lillah. Very hard for them. Very sad. And then life carries on. Give me that samusa. Then I heard somewhere else. They say, how they manage? Give me that bajja. When me and you during the year of grief, during the year of grief, when me and you sat on a Dastar Khan, you would still call it the Dastar Khan of the kings of the past. During the year of our grief. During the year. One person, how much you lost? I lost so much of... Say, how much you got? Not much. Say, but how much? Like, that amount he gives will make me fall down also. And he's very sad, like, very sad. Wadduha, everything is bright. Wallayli idha saja, then by the oath of darkness when it envelopes everything. What an oath Allah took. To say this world will come with day and night. If you're enjoying day, make shukr to Allah. But understand the system is night also has to come. And when night comes, instead of complaining about Allah, rest. Don't complain. When night comes, how at night, when it comes, the child will say, Daddy, I'm scared, I'm scared. You say, shut up and go to sleep. Shut up and go to sleep means when you wake up, it will be gone. But if you stay awake, the night will remain quiet. You'll hear the hyena making its sound. You'll hear that scorpion. You say, this is my time out. The father will tell the son, you read your duas, you read your Quran, you trust in your Allah. The dua that was taught at going to sleep at night, he says, Allah, I make you my lawyer. I make you my lawyer. He says, I put you as my support. It's a very long dua. إِلَيْكَ أَنَبْتُ وَبِكَ خَاسَمْتُ I'll have to argue Allah, I'll use you to argue on my behalf. I turn towards you. عَلَيْكَ تَوَكَّلْتُ I put my trust in you. Now I'm going to sleep. Put myself on the side. When I'm sleeping, I don't know if my heart will carry on pumping how it's supposed to. If my blood will know it must move as it's supposed to. But after I slept one night and I said, Allah, when I sleep, you still look after me. Tonight I know you'll look after me. Allah, that eye of yours which never falls asleep, I ask that eye to look after me and then you sleep. Night covers everything. And after night, then dawn breaks again. Falak means when it cuts through. When the darkness of the night is pitch black, then someone might say, I don't think the difficulty is ever going to go away now. Then you say, okay, look in the morning and wait for dawn. When dawn comes, it cuts through. Falak. And then you see darkness being pushed and everything becoming bright again. And you say, I never knew there was darkness. This is how the world is. When you're enjoying times, don't ever think that darkness can't come. And when darkness comes, don't ever behave as though there was never light. 
and that there will never be light. Don't ever behave as though there was never light and as though there will never be light. Rather relax and say, you know, that kazaz I got off my rosas, now is the time to do it. The wife says, there's no food in the fridge. You say, I've got a lot of kafara to do. I'm sure you got a kajur. Allah's Nabi taught the world us. When Jibreel first told him, you have been offered that the mountains will be made into gold. You can use it for the spreading of your Islam. Nabi said, I looked at Jibreel He said, he indicated to me, with his wing he made an indication that be humble, stay humble. Nabi said, I chose, I chose such a life that one day I will eat and I will appreciate and one day I will remain in Rosa and I will make sabr. Said, I chose such a life, it was called Fakr Ikhtiyari, happy to remain in this condition when the mountains of gold were at his feet. Said, I chose a life, one day I will eat and I will thank, one day I will have no food and I will make sabr. وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا سَجَى مَا وَدَّعَكَ رَبُّكَ وَمَا قَلَى Allah says, understand your Allah has not left you. Look at Quran. مَا وَدَّعَكَ رَبُّكَ وَمَا قَلَى A lot of times when a person goes through some problem, you see even that uncle who used to always make salam is no longer there. Because he got his own problems. He says, if I see make salam to him, I'll just ask him, how are you? He'll say, Alhamdulillah, but, that but is like, broke the Alhamdulillah. That uncle don't want to hear it, he got his own problems already. They all leave. Allah is Allah. He said, Ma wadda'aka rabbuk, your Allah hasn't left you. Wa ma qala, and he's not upset with you. Ma wadda'aka rabbuka wa ma qala. Walal akhiratu khayrul laka minal ula. You'll have to understand that the year after is better for you than this world. There's a discussion that a life of ease is that better for us or a life of difficulty. A life of ease is that better for me and you or a life of difficulty. They discuss it a life of poverty or a life of wealth. Because certain narrations say that poverty can sometimes lead to kufr. And at the same time, Allah's Nabi said, the poor person will enter paradise 500 years before the rich. So there's the issue that which is greater? The one who is eating and making shukar. Some people make shukar with their tongue, alhamdulillah. Some people burp. This is, alhamdulillah. <coughs> that burp is like the real shukar, like full stomach. So Atta'imu Shakir, Allah's Nabi said, the one who eats and he appreciates, he's like the one fasting, making sabr. The question is, who's better of the two? Having a top life or having a difficult life? The answer in the ending is for me and you when we have to choose. Nabi taught us always choose the easiest for us. The easiest for us is wealth. And little bit luxury, little bit ease, little bit nice. And when Allah wants to give, then Allah gives through difficulty. Again, when we choose, we will choose ease. And with ease, we will make shukar.
We will make Lord shukar. We say, I thank Allah, Lord. You'll enter the business, you'll see one sign there. This is the ni'mah of Allah. Hadha min fadli rabbi. Allah's to test me. Liyabluwani a'ashkuru am akfur. Will I thank Allah or won't? I thank Allah. And with shukar we go up, we go up, we go up, we go up. And then comes a time where Allah doesn't want the one to be going up. He wants him to be flying up. There's a distance we have to cross where until we reach where we have to reach. In shukar we go like this, but it's easy days. So you need a lot of years of shukar to cross so much. And in sabr, in a few days you can cross the rest of the journey. In a few days of sabr. So Allah got His days when He brings sabr. He brings a condition that makes us fly. It is only the people of Iman who have to remember that when the time comes to fly, let me fly. Let me make dua during difficulty because it's going to end. Let me rest in difficulty, relax, put my trust in Allah because it's going to end. But the chance to fly so much will never come again. And although we might say that the difficulty in this one to a great extent wrapped up, but after COVID and after the looting, how we see the world as we're moving to the revolution of Islam, there are going to be other exams. There's going to be exams which might be even more difficult than this one. And some might say, I can't manage it anymore. But after every night there's day and after every day there's night. And the one who looks at the surah and he says, my Allah said he hasn't left me, then I got my strength. We take lesson and inspiration from the people of the past. A very great scholar of recent times was by the name of Mufti Muhammad Shafi Usmani. Ma'riful Quran is famous. He was a very head ustad of Darulum Dioband, and then the partition of India and Pakistan took place. The Muslims wanted Pakistan. A lot of effort went to it, but everyone wasn't going to go over to Pakistan. He wasn't going to go over. He had just got from his father land. So on that land he had built the house how he wanted to live. You build your wudu khana, your musalla. Your library, personal library, you get so happy. He even wrote on the door, he had it scra- in, like, engraved. He says, Is dunya ka qiyam kuch na samjo? Is dunya ka qiyam kuch na samjo? Don't ever trust this world that it will stay. Khiyal kar. Always think of this. Ke is gar mein tere pehle koi or muqeem tha. That in this house before you, there was somebody else living here. Where is he? If he is not here, it means tomorrow I'm not going to be here. He wrote it, but he never knew within a few days he's going. few days. His friend was already in Pakistan. He sent him a message that the government of Pakistan is working on a model. An Islamic model. I need you here. He makes mashwara, consults with the family. There's no need for you to go. He had a thriving bookshop. It's impossible to take the bookshop over. He had built, spent so many days in that garden of his. This was the first time those mangoes were going to come out. He's looking at that. 
Just can I wait for the mango at least? You can't wait for the mango. I will have to leave my family. The daughter who was married, she can't come. One son has to stay to look after the bookshop. He can't come. We will separate from family. And then the news came that on the way when you reach the borders, they are not allowing people to go into Pakistan with wealth. Because they never wanted Pakistan to get formed properly. So they were checking bags. In the bag, if you had clothing, it goes through. If you got material, they would burn it. Because material you might want to sell. Even material you couldn't take. So the thought comes, how do we take money? When we get there, we need something. Whatever money they had, perhaps they said, we'll buy gold. And with the gold, he tells the jeweler, you will make like a jewelry for my wife. And she will wear it. So when we come there to the borders, they'll check the bags. But they're not going to tell a woman, show us what you're wearing. All the money is on the body, all the money. And in this manner, he has to cross. So much of fear you got. When they come there, their bags are open. So many things are taken out. Shafi Sahib says, my heart was in my kitab. Few kitabs he had. The whole bookshop was there. He said, those kitabs at least they mustn't touch. He said, lucky they never knew the value of the book. So the only books we had when we reached Pakistan was in that bag. Then a time came where the government paid them for a while to do work and after the work was done, things were hard now. Now you were renting, there you had your own house. So the thought comes, we'll have to sell now all this. When they take it to the jeweler of Pakistan, he says it's fake. It's fake. Meaning the jeweler in India did you down. He took all your cash, he took all your jewelry, and he made a fake for you. And he kept everything and he gave you the smiley. Mufti Muhammad Taqi Sahib says, My father's sabr was so unique. Even in that condition I saw him smile. And he said, I even heard him joke about it afterwards. Me and you, you think we'll joke, we'll curse the person the whole night. His father and grandfather in the grave must get punished. He said he joked about that also. But it was not easy. He was seeing his family in a difficult condition. And if you go in Pakistan today and you just mention the name Mufti Shafi, they will tell you Grand Mufti of Pakistan. If you go visit his madrasa today, you will see it like a city on itself. So before they had to leave the house, his son Mufti Muhammad Rafi Usmani, who is very elder, he is now regarded as the Mufti of Pakistan. He was young that time. He also scribbled something. Because they are looking at the garden and they were good poets. So he wrote... Ye chaman yu tu rahega. Ye chaman yu tu ye chaman rahega. Anyway, the garden is going to stay. The garden is going to stay. Sab janwar apni apni bolia bolkar urkar chale jayenge. He said different animals and different birds will enter this garden. Everyone will sing its one, two songs and that bird and janwar animal will also die. So he says, why must I die for this garden? Young boy is looking at that garden. He says, no one ever remains. He says, I'm going today, but every animal that's going to come here, he'll chirp, 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 bear, 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 meow, meow, meow. He's also going. He said, the garden is going to remain whether I'm here 
I'm not here. وَلَلْآخِرَةُ خَيْرٌ لَكَ مِنَ الْأُولَى Remember the year after for you is better than this world. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, someone sent for him meat. Hardly meat ever came to his house. Hardly. Aisha radiallahu anha had a habit if there was a knock of the neighbor. Then me and you, our habit is say nothing in the house. That poor person is looking, you got everything in the house. You say, sorry sir, sorry boss, I got nothing. That man knows you got everything. Just that moment we like bored or tired. But in the house of Rasulullah wasallam, there was nothing. But if ever something came, so that meat came. Aisha radiallahu anha now had to give. Give. And she's looking, little bit must stay because finally I can give him meat. Nabi sallallahu came that day and he says, Oh Aisha, that meat that came, is there anything left of it? She says, Oh the Rasul of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, ma baqiya illa katifuha. There is one shoulder part, portion that's only left. I kept it for you. Look at her wording. Only left for you one shoulder portion. He said, Oh Aisha, baqiya kulluha illa katifuha. The entire portion has been kept for us except the shoulder portion. She was left stunned. What it meant is, whatever you gave never went. Whatever you gave got stored. And whatever me and you are going to eat now is going to go. Said everything remained except the one part. For you people and for us and whenever we'll see difficulty... Whatever is taken away in a manner that we don't want it to go. But a man says, Allah, you are Malik. Allah will reward him as though he gave that entire amount in charity. Entire amount. And whatever remains is the one that me and you will use, but that's going down. When difficulty comes, it makes us wealthy. We all want ease, but when Allah wants wealth for us, sometimes difficulty comes. وَلَلْآخِرَةُ خَيْرٌ لَكَ مِنَ الْأُولَى وَلَسَوْفَ يُعْطِيكَ رَبُّكَ And then Allah says, And don't worry, your Allah soon will give you. He will give you, He will give you. فَتَرْضَى He'll make you happy. وَلَسَوْفَ يُعْطِيكَ رَبُّكَ فَتَرْضَى Beautiful Quran. أَلَمْ يَجِدَكَ يَتِيمًا فَعَوَى وَوَجَدَكَ ضَالًا فَهَدَى وَوَجَدَكَ عَائِلًا فَأَغْنَى Like how the father says to the son, you don't trust me. Who put you in school? Who gave you clothing? Who gave you shoes? Who gave you education? You don't trust me. Allah says, did we not find you as an orphan? أَلَمْ يَجِدَكَ يَتِيمًا فَعَوَى You had no head over you. Our eye was on you. Rasulullah grew up without a father. Those women who would come to breastfeed, they would look for the houses where there were wealthy fathers. Because after breastfeeding, besides the amount that was agreed, you get hadaya gifts. And everyone wants gifts. But he got no father, so there's no gift. Every family comes, they're avoiding this house. Halima Saadiya says, I was forced to go to this house. Because on that year in Makkah, Mukarramah, there was drought. Again a lesson. What brought Allah's Nabi to her, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, difficulty? 
She says, we all avoided that house knowing there's no father in this house. He says, it was the year of drought in Makkah Mukarrama. He says, my animal was the smallest, the stomach had gone in. My breasts were not even giving enough milk for my own child. There was no food. Finally, I said that whatever this family will give is better than nothing because I got no other contract that year. So she goes back and she says, I'll take your child. She says, as soon as she takes the child, she finds milk coming in her breast. She feeds her son. He drinks, drinks, drinks. He's more than full. She says, they get onto the animals to move. The animal starts getting strength. She overtakes the others. They say, did you change your animal? She says, it's the same animal. They say, miracle has come to you, Halima. Miracle. She goes back and she says to her husband, it seems some blessing has come to us. He says, I think it's this boy, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. She says, the time came that the shepherds were told, wherever the animals of Halima are going to graze, take the animals there. She says, wherever my animals would go to graze, Allah would make that grass green. The other shepherds used to wait for my shepherd to set out in the morning. Because my shepherds every night came back with an animal that is full. The others were told, you take. She says, when the period came to an end, breastfeeding period, she made a story to say, hey, Makkah, Mukarrama, this plague this year, not a nice time for your child. Don't worry, I'll look after him. I'll look after him. She says, because I never want to lose the blessing. But it came with difficulty. came with difficulty. Says, Were you not an orphan? How we looked after you? This one looked after you, he fell in love with you. Abdul Muttalib just loved Rasulullah. He couldn't help it. He was the chief, he had a cushion. He said, No one, none of his sons were allowed to sit in the cushion. But when Rasulullah would walk in, that time it was just Muhammad, the son of Abdullah. Abdul Muttalib could not say no to him. Nabi Sallallahu would sit there. Abu Talib, he just loved him. His own sons would say, we saw him loving Rasulullah Sallallahu more than he loved his own children. He just couldn't help loving. Allah says, were well, you not an orphan? How we looked after you? Me and you, that same question is being asked. Who looked after us? When we were small and your mother says, you almost threw that pot on your head. You almost walked on the road and you got bumped. You almost fell in the toilet. So many almost happened. You might laugh, who'll fall in the toilet? Think about it. When that child is small and he doesn't know what's carrying on and he's crawling. Then when he comes and a child likes water and he can't reach the water on the top. So he'll reach the toilet, the low toilet. And it's the only place he can see water. What prevents him going and putting his hand there? The fact that all of y'all are here and I'm here, it means the day we wanted to fall in the toilet, an angel was pushed us the other way, go look somewhere else. We never fell in the toilet. Who saved us? You think your mother and father had a camera? You think every time something was happening, a beep? Ask the man who drives, he will say, how many times I almost got bumped? Almost got bumped. One boy came to me, he said, almost accident. I told him, relax. I almost said, Lord, accidents. Lord, accidents. The day is going to happen, it's going to happen. No, almost. Comes in the narration, 
What hits you was never meant to miss. And what must you was never meant to hit you. Very easy wording, but to understand the brilliance of the word, the Arabs had what is called bow and arrow. Or today you shoot the gun. In gun shooting you say, there's that bullseye. So don't move, take your breath, now you will shoot it. And then the guy gets thrilled. But with a gun it's much easier to hit it. With an arrow it's not easy. Nowadays they have that arrow made that everything shows you where to shoot. The guy hits it, he's like thrilled. But the normal arrow got nothing. You just shoot. And you ask the man who's teaching you how to shoot, how do I get my target? He also says, you just have to practice. He said, but what you do? He said, I also don't know, I just shoot. But he can hit it, and again he can shoot another one, and it will hit that one. One will go into the other. It's called on the target, on the target. So the Arabs, they used to work for that point. That was called dead on. Now the narration says, when you shoot your arrow and it just misses dead on, then understand it was never supposed to hit dead on. What it means, you wanted to marry this girl, everything was ready. She was happy, you were happy, her parents were happy, your parents were happy, the hall was happy, the morana was happy, everyone was happy. And then that night before the nikah, she has a funny dream. So she wakes up and she says, Daddy, no. The father says, are you mad? The hall is booked. I'm going to phone everyone. She just says, no. They say sometimes that no of the girl at that time is more sound, makes greater sound than the atom bomb. And that man just goes in the... He doesn't know what to do. He is like shocked. So his wife tells him, what's wrong, what's wrong? He says, let me just put on my pyjamas. Let me get in the bed. She says, what's wrong, what's wrong? He says, relax, relax. He puts his head on the pillow and just when he's going to close his eye, he says, she said no. And then he sleeps. On. He says, what? You handle it now. I don't know what to do. We saw examples that no came last second. Last second. It was just no. So then at that time he's so upset, so upset. When you explain to the person, you say, see in this world how many million girls there are. How come you're not angry why he never married Aisha? And Fatima and Zainab and Umm Kulsum and Rukeya. The reason is because they never come close. So you don't even know them. Then one comes close. She's so close as though this is mine. And when that arrow just moves, there's a slight wind that moves it so much. And it just touches less. Just must it. Just must it. Allah's Nabi said, remember, just must it is not true. It was never supposed to get it. No, just must it. Meaning she and that Ruqayya, you don't know about the same. Only one you never knew, the other one you knew, none were going to come to you. Sahaba learned this lesson. So the one Sahabi said to his friend, I'm interested in that girl in that family. Will you take the proposal? He said, no problem. He goes there, he says, my friend is outside. He sent me to bring proposal. They made discussion, they came back and they said, we're not happy with him. But we won't mind you. Finished. 
There and there he said, because the proposal is no. So he said, uh, okay, and done. Now when he comes out, now how he's going to tell his friend, because his friend is excited, like what's the answer, what's the answer? So two bombs going to fall. One is no, that's a bomb. And the other one is, I'm inviting you for my walima. <laughs> he had to say it. But look at the answer his friend gave him. His friend said, I ask your forgiveness for trying to take what was reserved for you. I ask your forgiveness. Have you ever heard people saying, he stole what is mine? Stole what is mine. Meaning that girl was meant for me and then he just took her. Means she was never meant for you. You rather tell him, make maaf, I saw your wife before time. Was never yours. What a word. Whatever was meant to hit would never be pushed away. And whatever was not going to hit was never going to hit. What a word. And it brought the whole thing to an end. When Allah wants something to happen, we just say that He is the one shooting the arrow. أَلَمْ يَجِدْكَ يَتِيمًا فَعَوَى Were you not an orphan and how we looked after you? So many times you thought I'll have that accident. We just missed it. Just missed it means it was never going to happen. So when that boy says, I almost died. I say, you never died, finished. I had a gun put by me. And that person, so I looked at him, I said that, you know, I don't mind the gun, but your hand is shaking too much. (laughs) Can't you like drop the gun? (laughs) Because the gun, you want to shoot me, shoot me. You don't want to shake that hand. They had a gun. So that day then they went away. So some people like were shocked. But fear is a natural thing. So I was on the verge. I had to give a bayan. So my friend told me, you can't give the bayan. I said, no, like I prepared the thing. I'm going for the bayan. Just then I stood up and I saw my hole. All my, everything was wet. I thought I urinated like. But it wasn't urine. It was like perspiration. So there was fear. And like how you people will say, when that fear was there, we don't know how we became brave. That day also, I don't know how I became brave. I told him that, you know, that shaking is not good. You, you don't know how you're talking. But when I felt that, then I said, hey, I don't know if I'm park. So then I said, okay, let somebody else go for the bayan. <laughs> I went to my soul, it's nothing, it's only perspiration. Fear still stays in you. So about two months later, I was sitting in the same spot. And I heard a bang. Just heard the bang and again I went wet. I just felt everything gone wet. Then after it went away. But what was supposed to happen can only happen. What was never going to happen can't happen. Some people when something happens like they say, I'm never driving on that road. Thing is, the day it has to happen, it will happen on the other road. Other road. So that one person who was so scared of the aeroplane, he said, I'll never travel in the aeroplane. You only travel by train. Then an aeroplane crashed into the train. <laughs> found him. You don't come to me, I'll come to you. Into the train. You can't run. So we just carry on day by day. When my Allah wants to take, then I'm happy with him taking. And when he wants to give, I grab and I take. Allah says, didn't I find you as an orphan? How I looked after you. وَوَجَدَكَ ضَالًا فَهَدَى you never know the path. I showed you the path. Where did Islam reach us? How it came to us? How we were shown Islam? That billions in the world, I'm sitting and I'm thinking this non-Muslim, that non-Muslim, that non-Muslim. 
If one someone could have that courage to say, can I teach you Islam? But we haven't got the courage. But then we say, but how it came to us? Who brought it to our father? What made our father say, no, I think this is right, our grandfather? Who brought that change? Allah says, didn't we open your door? Still you don't trust us. Didn't I find you, you had nothing, I made you rich. Rasulullah never have that wealth. Khadija radiallahu anha had all the wealth. Everyone wanted to marry her. It was no, 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 no. And then she sends a proposal to Rasulullah She says, Me and you, how many janazas we saw? They saw that boy crying, crying. Mother and father both gone. Everyone said, who will look after him? And 20 years later, we're looking at that boy. He's the richest boy in the whole town. Who looked after? Fa'agna. The question is, don't you trust Allah? We all trust Allah. And the end of the surah now. أَلَمْ يَجِدَكَ يَتِيمًا فَآوَى وَوَجَدَكَ ضَالًا فَهَدَى وَوَجَدَكَ عَائِلًا فَأَغْنَى That was, don't you trust Allah. Top of the ayat is, I'll give you back everything and I'll make you happy. Now inshallah, after the difficulties, the people, Allah, make all of you all start getting everything back. Everything back, everything back. But when everything comes back, that difficulty must be worth something. When the teacher slapped the child, the child must say, it was worth it, I learned a lesson. If there was no lesson learned, you'll say it was a slap in vain. He hurt his hand, I hurt my cheek. You have to learn something. What is there to learn? Beautiful Quran. Allah Tabarakullah says, فَأَمَّا الْيَتِيمَ فَلَا تَقْهَرْ وَأَمَّا السَّائِلَ فَلَا تَنْهَرْ وَأَمَّا بِنِعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ فَحَدِّثْ وَأَمَّا الْيَتِيمَ فَلَا تَقْهَرْ After you tasted what is fear and difficulty and worry and problems. Now the next time you see an orphan, now show him the kindness which you were not showing before. Because now I understand what it is to be going home and there might not be food at home. So when I see that orphan now, I don't just look the other way. Because the one who tastes difficulty will appreciate difficulty. أَمَّا الْيَتِيمَ فَلَا تَقْهَرْ Nabi grew up as an orphan. It was his shan, whenever he saw an orphan, he would put his hand on the orphan. He said, the one who grows, looks after the orphan, he and me are like friends in Jannah. He loved to put his hand, he said, put your hand on the orphan. Rub, just rub, don't even worry of money. Just say, how are you my son? Finished. Because that boy who got no father, later on he will have to say his story. That when the day of Eid comes, he says, I stand in the saf, and I'm looking at everyone, and I see father and son, father and son, father and son. And then he says, and Allah, where's my father? He feels shy, but he doesn't know how to say it. But if that man comes and says, today, on the day of Eid, Rasulullah saw that boy whose father was martyred. He said, oh my son, today, me and Aisha is your father and your mother. He says, today, me and Aisha, meaning Aisha radiallahu anha, that's your father and your mother. What you are in? فَأَمَّا الْيَتِيمَ فَلَا تَقْهَرْ After tasting difficulty, seeing fear. Now when Allah will give back, now when you will see the orphan say, when I also never had it was hard, now I will look after. Just show love, that's all. 
tanhar. And when the one comes to ask, then don't rebuke. When the one comes to ask, never ever rebuke. If you don't want to give, nicely say, sorry boss. My brother, he keeps biscuits in his car. Biscuits. So whenever someone to comes to us and you get these cheap biscuits also. Cheap, you get lot cheap things. But he keeps that biscuit. It's like a whole packet of biscuits. When we were in madrasa, you all won't understand it. In a madrasa, anything and everything can be eaten. Anything and everything. And Ajib, our madrasa, there would be more sugar in the tea than tea. But no student would get sugar diabetes. So much of barakah we would say. At that time in the madrasa we had margarine, not butter. Later on we changed it to butter. That margarine would not melt. We call it the unmeltable margarine. We had one zinc there. We used to on hot water. And that margarine will say, you can't break me. That margarine we ate, we still alive today. How was managed in here? They say the stomach of the alim can digest anything. Anything and everything. That margarine went, that sugar went. Everything went. So in madrasa there was one law, you need biscuits. My son the other day asked me, how many meals you to eat in madrasa? We say whenever we were free, it was a meal. So you have breakfast, then you have your tea at 10 o'clock, then you have your lunch, then you have after asr tea, then you go study and half past nine you have tea. And every day half past nine we say we go have tea and we'll come back to study, we'll never come back to study. But we would always have a tea to last us that we're going to study another three hours. But for every tea you needed your biscuits. Because the tea wasn't the main thing, it was the biscuits. And when you make biscuits, you have to share. So we would go buy the cheapest big packet of that, whatever you get. As long as you got chocolate and it's a big biscuit that doesn't melt in the tea, then it, one is enough for him. He's not going to eat my biscuit. All that went down with us, everything. So you buy those biscuits. When that man comes and he says, boss, give something. That packet of biscuits for him is Jannah. For him is Jannah. Today someone gave me that Ferrero Rocha. So I said, just yesterday someone gave me. At the car wash, three Ferrero Rochas. So it must be coming in a packet. He saw me waiting for my car, so he felt pity on me. Maybe he thought I also had looting. So he bought me three Ferreros. Or maybe the price of the car wash was the same like that price. They also one part of it. So now I'm going home now, so I'm thinking it's three Ferreros and I must give now the people who, although they get paid for it, but what man gets paid for, you never appreciate. Whatever comes over and above is what you get. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Learn this. Learn this. What you get paid for, no one ever appreciates. What hadiya comes is appreciated even if it's 50 rand extra. If you want to make your workers happy, at the end of every month, have a bonus. It can be 20 rand this month. You'll see how they say, thank you boss, thank you boss. Because it's called extra. You When you make your wife happy, then you give her a hadiyah which she never expected. You want to make your sister happy, you give the hadiyah. Small amounts is big amounts. So looking at three of them now, I said I can give them 5 rand, 5 rand, 5 rand. It cost me more to wash the car then. I said the car price will go up. I just looked in my pocket and said, hey, the chocolate. I take it home. The students will come and then we give the students, they'll eat the chocolates. So I just said, yeah, you all share it. Like There were four of them also. So I said, I don't know how you're going to share the thing with three in this thing. 
The one man about seven times he told me, thank you boss. Seven times. I said, no problem, no problem. Again he said, boss, thank you. As I'm going from the back, he's saying, sharp, sharp. I'm thinking maybe this man never tasted Ferrero, but he saw it in the shop always. Because you're looking at it, you say, can I buy that thing? For me and you, it's like, what? Chocolate, just put it in a mouth in one second. How many tanks came for one chocolate? When the man asks in the future, don't ever look the other way. Say, Allah put me in a difficulty. And now when he took me out, it's to teach me. It's not easy to be in difficulty. So I just take it. It's easy to say he's a beggar, but to be a beggar is hard. So I just give him the packet of biscuits. Hazrat Muna Yunus Patel Rahimullah was unique in this. He loved to spend. One waqiyah of his which people normally narrate. He goes outside, he sees the man selling brooms or the auntie selling brooms. Lord, brooms. Sometimes he would just get overtaken with that feeling of mercy. Like so, so hot it is. He called the auntie, come here, come here mama. Say, how many brooms you got? Say, so much. How much is each broom? 15 rand, 20 rand. How many you got? Just give me the whole thing. Says, you go home now to your children. Yeah, go home, go home. Whole thing bought. Here's the money going. Now he got a whole stack of brooms in his office. Now someone comes to visit him with a question. He says, you need a broom. There's one broom. Take it. One broom. Why he would do it? Who needs brooms? But that mama could go home early that day. Going, going. He had that nature that just, I want to spend. I want to spend. May Allah give all of us. When it's going to come and it will come again. It's going to come. Allah, when he opens, he opens up again. But when he comes, let our intention now not be to rebuild. We already saw it. We already slept on the best couch, best bed, best bathroom, best everything. I went through it already. Now I'm getting old. As you get old, you don't go bigger, you come smaller. Because I need to retire. Soon my wife's legs will be paining. She can't go upstairs. She will be telling me, you go close the curtains. I'll tell her, you close the curtains. We'll say, no worry, tomorrow no one has to open the curtains. Just leave it open. I go close it. Who's going to open it? I entered those houses where upstairs no one is there except the jinnat. And then they put me to sleep there. <laughs> Only the jinn. Then you tell the person it's time to retire. Jannah is such wherever you get it gets bigger. This world as you get older it must come smaller. Our expenses on our own body must get less. And on the people around us must get more. We must start investing for a future of our deen. We invested enough for our dunya. One person passed away. I went to the janazah. My brother Imran had written this kitab. Condolences to the bereaved. If your father passes away, then about it. If your child passes away, about it. Three nice kitabs. So on that day, someone's father had passed away. So I had that book I was reading. So in that they explain, this is like a story, now we're tired, but whenever the person has a second wife, then even the guy who got no wife wakes up like. Everyone likes this. So this man of Arabia, he took his second wife in Philippines. And then no one knew about it. I don't know how they get away with it. Our people tried it, they get caught after two months. Those people, they get away with it. But before he passed away, he called his son and he said that there's another one. You got a mother. So if I pass away, she has to inherit. So his son said, my father, where is she? What's her name? He said, this is her name. And then he passed away. So the boy then had to break the news. I don't think it was easy to tell his mother, especially like. But she can't kill him. He said, I would have killed him. He's already dead. 
You can't kill him. That's the best time to tell the message. So then they said that you go now to Philippines and find out who she is. You have to bring her now because inheritance and huge when you're talking of millions. She also has to inherit. So he goes to Philippines. He comes. That house that she's living is a very simple house. Very simple. And then he explains to her. She says, yes, I am. Then he says, I need you to come back. And he takes her back. Then he meets, she meets his mother. She meets the brothers. They all agree that we will treat her like our mother. And then they take to the court and the judge looks at everything. He said, it's valid, everything. This is a wife and she's going to be deserving of this amount from that wife's portion. Now you will divide it half, half. But very lot amount came. She got lot millions and the other wife got. There's enough for everyone in this world. And now she goes back and he says, I'll always come to visit you. So about three, four, five years later, the one brother says, we must go and visit mommy. So they take that shop there. When they come there, how he found her the first time, She's still in that same house. Same house. Same simple house. So he says to her that, what did you do with the money we gave you? So she takes them outside and she takes them to another street nearby and they see a huge madrasa. She says, how many hundreds of students are studying in this madrasa? And then she takes them to a place where the name of the madrasa is written. So it's after his father's name. She says, whatever came has been put into this madrasa. All of this is for your father. She says, because why must I change my life? I was comfortable from the beginning. Now when money is going to come, what's going to do to me? She says, whatever came, I sent it back to him. Think you'll do this? Not easy. I've finished the bayan, I'm going past one. Uncle told me, must tell your brother. I like the other stories, but that Philippine one. He says, I also got something happening in Philippines. <laughs> I also got, I like that Philippine. <laughs> so the purpose of the story is not number two. It's do something yourself. When Allah will give back, we must invest for our akhirat. Invest for our akhirat. May Allah give all of us back. But let it be now that I can love something. And let me use it for my deen. Let me invest it for my children's akhirat. Let me put up certain systems. Usama bin Laden, who the world speaks about. Usama bin Laden. His father, when he was a young boy, his father put billions into an account. And he said to his children, this will remain in the account. Now whether they froze it or not, who knows, but it was his intention. He said, this will remain in the account. And it will go through... Generation after generation, I'll die, it will go in this account. It will be like a waqf, it will go into the next account, next account. Billions, you'll think that billions are rather invested, I can get a profit. Billions he put into an account. He said it will go generation after generation after generation, until when the Mehdi will come. Whoever is alive at that time will go to him and say, my great great grandfather left this money for you. You will think the Mehdi will have more than enough money. But the man's heart that I also want to invest in the future. Niyatul mu'min khayrun min amali. Said it will go down generations until it will reach him. When Allah puts you in difficulty and we come up, the leader now of the Taliban, one is Mullah Muhammad Umar, who was the leader, his son is like in charge of the military. 
But at that time, he was Mullah Muhammad Umar, the ulama who saw him at that time. So we saw the young children all around him, all pulling at his kurta like Small they were at that time. That time he was the in charge of the whole Afghanistan. At that time, America was meeting him. They were making deals with him. They don't want to tell the world all that. That time, they were also in Afghanistan. They were making deals. They wanted the minerals. And then whatever happened, they made the thing happen so they could come in. But after they came in on that first time, ulama who saw Mullah Muhammad Umar, he was simple from the beginning. Simple. But he was in charge, so they were the princes. And when this 911 happened, ulama visited, it was very hard, but they visited. One mufti told one alim, I want you to see Mullah Muhammad Umar's children. He said, look at them, they got no clothing, they got no shoes. He says, and we got no money to help them. He says, I see the princes of our time without clothing and shoes, and I got no way to help them, it's making me bleed. During the 20 years, they lived in that condition of nothing. And when Allah opened up, and now they're sitting as the bosses of that country, and every village they're going in, they're finding more millions coming out. Enough millions, weapons enough, millions enough. As though America was putting so much of weapons in that country, that when they start fighting, they will fight for another 30 years. They brought so much of weapons, so much of weapons. And Allah made the whole thing turn upside down. That they never fought. They're entering every valley, they're finding more weapons there. They put so much weapons, thinking that they'll just make sure they start the fight. Ignite that fire and the fire will burn for another 30 years. They'll just fight and fight and fight. They never fought. But now when he's in charge of the country, which country in the world today will make an announcement that the leaders of the government will get the same salary like the normal workers on the road? The normal workers, what you call you a builder and you are this and you are that, and the leaders in the government, their salary is going to be equal. The one who one day walked without shoes, and when Allah gave can happen in two ways. Either when he gets it again, it goes in his mind and he goes wild. He just parties and he goes wild and he just wastes and wastes. And the other one says, me, I grew up without. When this group of Taliban now reached Afghanistan, so they had to go to the capital. And in the capital you got the kings or the presidents, what we'll call like the White House. So they went in the White House. This group of Taliban are very simple people. They never saw things like that. So that white house, every room is like our rooms in the house. Big rooms, huge rooms. In one one room, ten Taliban were sleeping. Which is meant for one person. They came there, they said there's place for all ten of us. 170 people slept in that place. 170. Said more than enough place for all of us. Me and you will enter that. That's my room, that's my room. You just, I don't like your snoring. Ten people in one room. Ten people. They grew up in difficulty and they said, we don't want to change our standards. We don't need this. Ten people can stay in one room. Ten people. They sell this. Allah gave us, gave us enough and we live the best of luxury. Let the time come now that we start looking at everyone around us and investing for our future, our deen. Put the money in other places where one day if a decision is made, that I also have to move like how Mufti Muhammad Shafi Sahib has to move. Then like how he needed to make that necklace. Me and you might also at that day need to make a necklace. 
And it mustn't be that that guy who goes with that gold, he knocks us. He also read the story. You have to now start thinking that if we have to go, do I have an investment in another Muslim country? That if I have to go there, I left something. I tell my children, maybe your father will never see the Mahdi. But you know, in Turkey, I put up something for you. Because through Turkey, you will be able to go in easily. I put up something here, you will take your sisters, you will leave them in that Muslim country. I trust the country. You have to think yourself, but if inspiration comes, then don't use everything back in South Africa. We will start now thinking broad. We got lot luxury already. Help the people around us. Help ourselves by looking forward. May Allah tabarakallah inspire everyone's hearts. Allah remove or the end. Mufti Muhammad Shafi Sab says, he tells his family, when they found out that the thing was all fake, he laughed, he joked. And he said, the day I stepped out of my new house, saying, Allah, I am coming to Pakistan. As soon as I stepped out, I had said, Allah, will you remove the love of this from my heart? He said, as soon as I stepped out, Allah took it out. He said, I looked back and I had no liking at all for it. And he, I don't want you. So when they found that gold was, he just laughed. He said, Allah, remove the love from my heart. The day I stepped out, just took it out. May Allah save us all from that love of this world which corrupts. Get our basic necessities, live in a small amount of luxury, and then spend on the people around us, make them smile, and then make our future smile, and their smiles will make us smile. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا أَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ